Welcome to today's podcast with Crosspoint Church, where we share the gospel and we share our lives. With so many fun and new exciting things going on at church, we want you to be in the loop. So make sure that you check out our Facebook page and that you check out our website at www.crosspointwaverly.com. And now for today's message. How many of you want to live a life beyond blessed by God? Can I see your hands this morning? Cool. So many of you desire for that. And we're about to start a new sermon series today called Beyond Blessed. And I would just encourage you today and over the next four weeks, take notes, lean in, and let's see what the Spirit of God wants to do for us in this series. Three years ago, we went through a series called The Blessed Life. Robert Morris wrote the book called The Blessed Life and did a series uh, with the same nomenclature. And I'm telling you that as we did that series here, that God did something very special in the hearts of people in our church. And he also did something very special corporately for our church. When he wrote this book, he, uh, we gave it last year to everybody who was, uh, excuse me, three years ago, to everybody who was part of our church at that time. And he wrote the book really to be a biblical approach to stewardship and to generosity and to giving and money. And one of the reasons why he felt so compelled to write it was because of the poor teachings on generosity and finances that churches were experiencing. So many places were preaching that you give to get, and so they were treating God as some kind of magic slot machine that if you just put a little bit in, that somehow miraculously more would come out, and rather than the desire to just do what God has asked us to do and to give generously, people were giving so that they could get something, and that message didn't sit well in his spirit, and I'm just telling you, it shouldn't sit well with our spirits either. Like, it's not a biblical approach to giving or to generosity. We don't give to get. We serve a generous God. We give because he's given to us. And so when we talk about living beyond blessed, this morning, I'm not talking about materialism. When we talk about living beyond blessed, it's so that we can bless others. We're a blessing to be, we are blessed to be a blessing. In fact, when we think about our relationship with God, he has initiated our relationship. Let's think about this. Erica shared the passage this morning that the heavens are God's throne and the earth is his footstool. He owns everything, everything he has created, and he's given us this earth to enjoy it. In addition to that, the prophet Jeremiah tells us that he knit us to get, that God knit us together in our mother's wombs, that we are, uh, that each of us are created special by God. In addition to that, he has given us breath in our lungs, and so he's given us life. And then beyond that, beyond just the physical things that God has given to us of the earth and given us life, he has given us new life in him because of Jesus. He gave his son so that we could have eternal life. And so we serve a very generous God. And we talk about, the Bible says that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, then we'll be saved. And that confession is all about us saying, God, thank you for giving so much to me. Now the next step and the first step in my relationship with you is to give everything of me 
back to you. And so every Sunday, we extend an invitation for people to become followers of Jesus, to give their hearts and their lives to him. We serve a generous God, and that relationship he gave first, and now we surrender and we give everything back to him. Robert Morris wrote this book, and then people would come up to him after reading it, and, and, and they would say, I started by uh, obedient giving and giving 10% of my income to the local church, and I gave above and beyond that, and, uh, and, and, and yet, as I've done that, I'm still in debt. And at first, he was puzzled by, uh, by this statement that people would make, and so he just said, giving is only one part of being blessed. So let's think about it this way. Uh, for us, there was a moment this morning that we had a grooming exercise or routine that we went through. And for some of you, it's going to look a little different than for others. But I would assume that the majority of you this morning got up and you took a shower. Now, after you showered, you put deodorant on. Some of you look nervous now. You're like, oh, no, I forgot that step. And you got dressed, and you walked out the door, and you came here. And so he just said the equivalent is like this, you know, that somebody walks up to you and, and, and says, I combed my hair this morning, but I still stink. There's more to it than just combing your hair. You got to wash it. There's another step that's there with it. Or you could just be blessed like me and not have to worry about combs and hair products Right? You could save all kinds of money if you would just have the standard issue haircut that I have right here. I mean, Kingdom Builders would be fully funded, you know, like all of the money you could save on hair products. Giving and generosity are very important. And before you can be generous, you have to be obedient. You have to surrender your life to him, and, and God has an order for giving. Again, that first step for us is for us to surrender our life to him. He's a God of order. And before we can be generous, God calls us to obedient giving. And obedient giving is when we give 10% of our income to the local church. God doesn't call that generous. He calls that obedient giving. And what's considered generous giving is when we give above and beyond that. There's this huge second component, and that's what we're going to talk about in this series. In addition to generosity, the next thing is stewardship. And stewardship has to do with every area of our life. And I feel like I need to throw out this disclaimer before I move any further in this message today and in this series. I am already aware that some of you are uncomfortable because of some of the language that I've used this morning. And I just want you to know, and those of you who've been part of our church know that this is not where this message today is going and where this series is going. There is no part of me today that's going to tell you if you do all of these next steps that you're going to be wealthy, healthy, and prosperous for the rest of your life and you're not going to have any troubles. Right? And so I just want to give you that heads up that, again, this is not a series to give to get. This is a series of living beyond blessed. And in order to do that, our hearts have to be filled with generosity and stewardship. Now, I want us to live beyond blessed in every area of our life. And I believe that our church is in a beyond blessed series right now, a beyond blessed season, not series. We're in a series preaching. We're in a beyond blessed season. There are more people who call Cross Point their home than ever before. In fact, there are 37% more on average coming to our church this year than last year. 
So I don't know what kind of line of work that all of you are in, but can you imagine if your business grew by 37%? It's miraculous. God's up to something. He's doing something supernatural. And it's not just about people's behinds in the seats. It's about heart transformation that's taking place. Every single week, we are seeing people surrender their hearts to Jesus. Right, Hundreds of people this year have taken the next step to not just give their hearts to Jesus, but to be discipled in small groups. And so they're growing in their relationship with God and growing in their relationship with others. I'm just telling you that our church is in a season, a beyond blessed season right now. In addition, in the midst of the worst financial downturn in the last 40 years, the Lord has blessed our church in the area of financial resource, and we are up over the same time frame last year. This past weekend, our pastoral team got away for a couple of days to pray and to worship and to celebrate what God has been doing and to dream about the future. And I'm just telling you that we are beyond blessed when it comes to the pastoral team that we have. Beyond blessed. Pastor Darren Poley has been in a coaching relationship with us for the past few years, and he's been on this journey, and he continues to be amazed at what he sees God doing right here. And in this retreat this weekend, he said, it seems like God is playing favorites by giving you all of the best pastors. And I'd have to agree. I would have to agree. So this past week, I got up early in the morning and felt like the Holy Spirit just gave me a prophetic word for each of our pastoral team members. And so I just sat in my recliner. I just began to type what I felt like the Holy Spirit was downloading for me to share with them. And I'll just tell you that on every team except for ours, on every team, there are people that you're like, I really wish this person would hear from God to move somewhere else. Right? You're like, oh, this team would be so amazing if it wasn't for her. This team would be so amazing if it wasn't for him. And I'm just telling you, honest to goodness truth, I'm so grateful for every single one of the pastors that we have on our team that there is no ounce of me that's like, God, would you please move some of these people along? And so maybe for some of you, you've had these moments at a Thanksgiving meal where somebody says, all right, we're going to go around the table and we're going to tell everybody what we're thankful for. And so you get to your mom, and your mom is easy to say something. She's watching. Hey, mom, I love you. So at the Thanksgiving meal, you're just like, mom, you're the best mom. You know, I love your cooking. It's, it's like right there with Erica's cooking. It's so good. But before I knew Erica's cooking, like it was the best cooking. And like y'all are just, see how I didn't step in it this morning? I almost stepped in it in first service and almost said she's the best cook. But then my wife would have been like, is, is, you want to go live with your mama? Uh, no, I don't. No, I don't. Y'all's cooking is on par. It's amazing, baby. Right, And then you move along the table, and there are other relationships that are super easy to say something thankful for, and then there's that family member that you don't really care for, but they're at the table with you, and now there's this awkward moment. I said something for everybody, now i got to say something for this person, and you're like, ah, you, you, you're just the best you. Okay, let's move along, right, and so I'm just going to tell you that that this past weekend, when we got to that, that moment sharing with the team, none of that was forced. There was no part of me that was like, oh, well, this person, uh, these words came easy for this person and not for that person. We are beyond blessed with our team, right? And we celebrate them. And this, yeah, oh, yeah, go ahead. Thank you. 
it's just not normal what we're experiencing. It's not normal what we're experiencing as a church. It's not normal what we're experiencing as a team. And I sound like a broken record with our staff, and I sound like a broken record with you. But, but I just want God to know that I'm grateful. I want him to know that I appreciate all of the blessings that he's given to our church and, and, and with our team. When we talk about living beyond blessed, it, it goes beyond just financial resource. On Friday night, the old people, i.e. I, Erica and I, had, um, had extended our fun past 10.30 with the team. We had rented an Airbnb, and uh, some of them were staying there, and there weren't enough rooms for everybody. So at 10.30, they're still sitting around the fire, the young people and the old people left. And I'm pulling out this long drive of this Airbnb, and when we got to Des Moines, we followed the instructions and we passed the driveway because it just doesn't look like that's where we were supposed to turn. And so as we're pulling out at 1030 at night, there is a truck sig signaling to turn into this one lane that's not a street. It's a lane to this house that sits way back here. And so I get out of the truck thinking that I'm being helpful. I'm going to let this guy know that he's not at the right place. Wherever he thought he was going, this is not the right place. Move along. And that was seriously like, I didn't think I was in danger. That's just, I just let them know. Whatever you think right now is not the place. I said, hey, where are you going? I'm going to that house. I got to drop something off. I said, we're, we're renting that house. And he said, you need to move out of my way so that I can pull into here. And I'm telling you that this is what beyond blessed looks like. As I'm standing there having this exchange with this man, all of a sudden blue lights appear because at just the right moment, this state trooper stopped. And he walked up and he said, what's going on? And I said, we're renting this house. This man's saying he needs to go to this house. It's 1030 at night. There's no need for him to go to this house. We have a team of people that are up there. This, this doesn't add up. And so the police officer took his information and long story shorter, he moved him along. I have no idea what that man's intentions were that night. But what I know is I could have left 10 minutes earlier or 10 minutes later and the outcome could have been different. God loves his kids. And this week we saw a demonstration of being beyond blessed. It takes two legs. This book in the series is not called The Blessed Wallet or the, best, the Blessed Checkbook. It's called The Blessed Life. And in order for a life to move, it takes two legs. And so The Blessed Life walks on two legs. And the two legs are generosity and stewardship. And if you're generous but you're not a good steward, God's not going to open the windows of heaven over you. And the reason why is because you can't manage it right. He can never give you a lot of resource because you won't manage it. You'll squander it and waste it. And if you're a good steward but you're not generous, in other words, you're tight with God's blessing and his provision, then why would God want to bless you either? God is in the business of drawing people to himself. And I started out the message by talking about how we serve a generous God and the nature of God is generous. And for him to accomplish this, he's going to get the resources to the people who need it. So as we think about the need for some people around the world and even in our nation, food and clean water and churches being built and missionaries being sent out and disciples being made and pastors being and ministers being raised up, 
right? We have the need over here, and here's all the supply. And what stands in the middle of it is God's children. And God likes to bless and resource and funnel resources from where the supply is to where the need is. And I'm just telling you, God uses us. And God owns everything, right? He owns it all, but he uses us. You're the channel that God uses. And so God's looking to bless people who will be a river, not a reservoir. He's trying to help people who need help. And in the blessed life, what Pastor Robert Morse discovers is that people caught generosity, but they weren't good stewards. Or in other words, they didn't handle the management of the resources well. And so for some, the blessings didn't last long because they didn't manage it well. This morning, if, if, if I were to take a nail and nail it to uh, my shoe right here this morning, the, as hard as I try to move forward, the only thing that I can do really is just spin in circles because my foot is planted here and I'm not going to be able to move forward. And I'm just telling you, what many, what many Christians do is they have this one leg of generosity but poor stewardship and they're just spinning in circles like this and they're not able to move forward. And for others, they're so tight and they're good stewards but they're not generous and again that foot is planted and the only thing that they can do is spin in circles and what God wants us to do he wants to bless us when we are generous and good stewards and standing on both legs it takes both legs to be blessed it goes all the way back to the patriarch of the faith in Genesis chapter 12 God's talking to Abraham and these are the words that he says to him in verse number two I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing God says to Abraham that I will bless you blessing a person is God's idea it's his idea he said to Abraham, I will bless you, and there was a reason why he wanted to bless Abraham, and the reason why is he says, and you shall be a blessing. He wants to bless us to be a blessing. This, this, this last week, something so cool happened. This lady was sharing, this mom was sharing with, with someone that, uh, that her carport canopy type thing in the hurricane force winds that we experienced last week had lifted it up and blown it into a tree. And one of the small groups on Wednesday night caught wind, no pun intended, of this. Thank you, thank you. Caught wind of this. And so they're talking about it, trying to figure out what the solution is. And there were people in that small group who stood up in that moment. And they said, nothing else is more important. We're going to go right now and we're going to fix this. And this mom had a ring doorbell. She sees these people pulling up to her house and doing this. And she texted me this week and she said, those people don't know me. They don't know me. They didn't have to do what they did, but they did not hesitate to serve when they saw a need. Can I tell you, God wants to bless us so we can be a blessing. And when I heard that story this past week, I, my heart was just filled with pride for our church. I was so grateful uh, that people responded that way. We are blessed to be a blessing. And God wants to bless his kids. He wants his kids to live beyond blessed so that we can bless people. In order for that to happen, we have to be both generous and good stewards. I want to show you this clip from Robert Morris as he talks about his kids. Let's turn our attention to the screen. Now, I got three kids. And uh, uh, Josh, James, and Lane. And James, um, the best way to say it was he was tight growing up. Uh, he, he's, uh, all my kids are good stewards, but let me, let me just give you the analogy. So I told, um, I told all my children when they were growing up, whatever you put in the bank, 
I will match. James almost broke me. <laughs> he put everything in the bank. When he was 12 years old, he started working part-time at a dry cleaners after school, just a few hours a week. And he said to me, you, you told me you would match everything I put in the bank. Now, not just gifts from grandparents, but what I earned too, right? Like when I earned chores, when I did chores, you did it. So now I'm working here, you're going to do it. I thought, well, it's just a few hours a week. Well, he started working more in high school. He had thousands of dollars in the bank. And I mean multiple, multiple thousands of dollars. Ja Josh and Elaine borrowed from him. <laughs> I borrowed from him. <laughs> but I quit because I couldn't afford the interest. So he, he tight. He's so tight he would squeak when he'd walk. You know, he just was tight. And everybody knew he was. I didn't know he was generous, though, until a lady wrote me a letter. So when we published The Blessed Life, remember, it was Gateway Church that published it. So you, you couldn't, this is a Gateway Church is the only place you could get it. And we didn't have but just a few hundred members. And so you had to come to the church to get it. So one day this lady comes to the church. James was 16 years old. He was the janitor. He was our first janitor. So he was cleaning the church building. She comes to the church to buy some books, and she tells the receptionist, she's asking where the bookstore is, she tells the receptionist, uh, I didn't know the Lord, and my husband and I were separated, and we were just a few weeks away from a divorce. And I read the blessed life, and I got saved. I gave my life to Christ. And I said to my husband, I will give you anything you want in a divorce. I'll take no money at all if you'll do one thing for him, but you have to do this one thing. I want you to read this book. He read the book and got saved, and they called off the divorce. That's pretty good. Because they understood to give their lives to the Lord, okay? So she's telling the receptionist this. She said, and I want to buy 10 books to give them away to my friends that don't know the Lord. So she, the receptionist, they talk for a while, and then she tells her where the bookstore is. She goes down to the bookstore. They've already got the 10 books set out. And when she goes to pay for them, the lady at the bookstore said, it's taken care of. And I would have never known this, but the lady that got these books wrote me a letter and told me. And she said, what do you mean it's taken care of? She said, well, did you see the young man that was standing behind you that was taking out the trash when you were talking to the receptionist? She said, yeah, I saw him. She said, that was Pastor Robert's son. And he came down and paid for the books for you. I've watched God bless him in supernatural ways. Supernatural ways. Why? Because he manages well what God gives him. And he's very, very generous. And he never tells anyone what he does. He just does it. It's powerful. It takes two legs to live a blessed life and beyond blessed. And the second point this morning is this. is Some of you might be like, why do you talk about money? Pastor, I don't think you should preach on money. We fall into the same line of category. Like, I don't think you should preach about politics. I don't think you should preach about the sins that I personally struggle with. You know, I don't think you should preach on money. And I just want to ask you, have you read your Bible? The Bible talks a lot about money. In fact, every time someone worshiped, they brought an offering. God commands offerings. 
And God set up tithing. And so I'll just tell you, some of you right now, you're like, a preacher set up tithing. Had to have been his idea. No, it was God's idea. And it's in the word. And, and he says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words never will. Jesus talked about giving. In fact, 16 of 38 parables deal with money or possessions. And so here's a question for you this morning. Was Jesus trying to get their money? Another question, am I trying to get your money? I'm not even going to look at you. The answer to both of those questions is no. And I'll just tell you, I don't need your money. God takes care of his kids. The Bible tells us that we've never seen the righteous forsaken or his children seen begging for bread. He takes care of his kids. In the moment when we think that the church needs our money, we're missing the mark. It's not our money to begin with. Remember, everything belongs to God. He loves his church. He's going to take care of it. The earth and the fullness of uh, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness therein. And so this series deals with who the owner is and who the steward is. God has it all, and he directs it to those who are good stewards and those who will be generous because he's trying to get it to the need. So this is why I don't apologize when I preach about generosity or when I preach about money. It's a blessing to be able to give. And I believe that this message in this series is going to help all of us. And so I don't apologize when I preach on prayer. I don't apologize when I preach on marriage. I believe that those can help you. And in the same way this morning, I believe that this message can help you. I know in my heart why I'm doing this is to help. And when you capture the heart of generosity and tithing, you'll know it too. And so we come back to this question, was Jesus trying to get their money? The answer is no. He was trying to get their hearts. And this is why he talked about money. Directly from the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 6, verse number 21, he says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If your heart's not there, it's going to be there because your treasure is there, right? When I was in my 20s and I had very, uh, doll, few, very few dollars in my retirement account, I didn't log into my retirement account to see where it was at. There was no treasure there, so my heart and my interest was not there. I still don't have a tremendous amount of money in my retirement, but it's more money than what I had in my 20s, and I'm just telling you, I check it occasionally. Not, I, for my heart's sake, I don't check it often. Those of you who have money in a retirement account uh, understand why you don't check it often right now. It's way down. And so, uh, but where your treasure is, there your heart, where your heart is. Where your heart is, there your treasure will be also. And where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus knew that if he can get people to give, then their hearts would be there. When we have the opportunity to give, you have an opportunity to be blessed. And finally, we're blessed to be a blessing. God blesses us for two reasons. Number one, because he loves us. You bless your kids because you love your kids. Secondly, he blesses us to be a blessing. There was a little book a, a long time ago called The Prayer of Jabez. And the whole book is based off of these two scriptures found in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse number 9. It says, now, when Jab now Jabez was more honorable. The Bible calls him honorable. Even says he's more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. The word Jabez in Hebrew means pain, hurt, and sorrow. That's what his name meant. Can you imagine if that's what your name meant? 
In verse number 10, it says, And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. Notice he's asking God to bless him. And he asked God to bless him and enlarge his territory. In other words, increase my income, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil. He says, so I might not cause pain. Another way of saying this is that he could be a blessing to someone. And this verse ends by saying, so God granted him what he requested. He asked the Lord to bless him, that he wouldn't cause pain, but be a blessing. He prayed to be blessed. And so here's a simple question for you this morning. Was his prayer bad or was it evil? And if so, then why would God grant it? If so, then why would God call him more honorable than his brothers and grant it to him? And so catch what happened. An honorable man prayed to be blessed and God granted it. And he granted it so he could be a blessing. It's not wrong to pray and to ask God to bless you. The enemy so messed us up in our minds to think that we should never ask God to be blessed or that we should never talk about or preachers should never talk about finances because people will make accusations against them that it's all just about materialism. And I'm just telling you, it's not. It's not wrong to be a blessing. I guarantee you that none of those men who went to that mom's house on Wednesday night had to apologize for blessing her. When we bless others, we don't have to apologize for it. And in order for us to bless others, we have to be blessed ourselves. It's not wrong to pray and ask God to bless us. It's not wrong to steward your resources in such a way that when you see a need, you can meet it. That's what being beyond blessed is about being a blessing, not being blessed for selfish reasons, but to be a blessing. When we give generously and learn to manage what God has given us well, we begin experiencing life beyond blessed. And because God loves us, he blesses us, and when we're generous to others and we're good stewards of what he gives us, he opens the floodgates of heaven and he pours it out. I grew up vacationing on the Tennessee River, just south of the Pickwick Dam parents had a little piece of property there and our other family did and and at the dam there was a lock and gate system those of you who've been over to the mighty mississippi river have seen some of this there's a controlled area that a barge or a large boat will go into and the lake and the river were at different water levels and in this controlled environment water would be pumped in to bring the water level and float the boat up to the level of the lake or if you were trying to get from the lake to the river in this controlled environment the water would flow down in addition to this lock and gate system, the, the wall of the dam was lined with gates. Now I want to show you a picture of it this morning so you can have it in your mind. And so this is what it looks like. Some of those gates are closed, some of those gates are slightly open, and some are all the way open. What's happened? There's more resource in the lake than what it can contain. And so the Tennessee Corps of Engineers says, you know what, we need to get some of the resource from the lake down to the river, and the way to do that is to open up the gates. And here's what I want to pray over us this morning. Come on, we serve a God who has all the resource. 
And so even in the midst of the worst economic downturn that this generation has seen, God still owns it all. He still has it all. He has more resource than what we could ever dream of. And here's what happens sometimes at the Pickwick Lake. The resource becomes so great, they open up all of the gates. Water is rushing through. And sometimes the resource that flows into the river, the river can't contain it all. And it goes beyond the banks of the river and impacts all around. And here's what I want to pray and believe for this morning, that God would bless us so greatly that it would overflow the natural banks that we have and that his resource would flow into others and bless others as he's blessed us. I believe God wants to bless us to be a blessing. And I want to pray this morning that he would bless you abundantly. Not just in the area of your finances, but in every area of your life. I'm going to ask that you would bow your heads and close your eyes all across this room. Maybe there are some of you who aren't followers of Jesus, right? You've not started that relationship by giving your life to him and surrendering your life to him. And you say, today, I want to become a follower of him. Maybe there are others of you who at one time walked with God, but you've turned your back on him and you say, today I need to see my relationship restored back to him. In just a moment, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you, you say, I need to ask Jesus to come into my life for the very first time. Or you say, I need to see my relationship restored back to him. When I count to three, why don't you slip up your hands all across this room? One, two, three. Lift them up all across this room. Thank you. I see that hand. One, two. You can put it down. Are there others this morning? I see that hand. You can put it down. Are there others this morning? Four. I see that hand. You can put it down. Are there others this morning? Let's all stand. There were at least four hands that went up this morning of people who need to ask Jesus to come into their life for the very first time or who need to see their relationship restored back to him. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And if you raise your hand, I want you to repeat it after me and mean it with everything that's within you. But know that you won't be praying this prayer alone, but that each of us in support of you will also be praying. Let's pray. Say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I've messed up. This morning I ask for your forgiveness. Come and give me a fresh start. Be my savior. Be my king. Take over every area. Take over every aspect. And help me from this day forward to live for you with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my mind, and with all of my strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give God praise for what he's done this morning. Thank you, God. If you prayed that prayer, we'd ask that you would text the word yes to 319-250-8998. We want to encourage you along in the decision that you've made today and the journey that God wants to take you on. Again, if you'll text the word yes to 319-250-8998. We leave time at the end of each of our services for people to receive prayer. In just a moment, the worship team is going to lead us in prayer. The prayer team is going to make their way to the front. And if you've come here today needing God to touch any area of your life, I'm going to encourage you as soon as they begin singing to step out of your seat and receive prayer.
Just so you know, as you leave today at, at the exits, our tables filled with Beyond Blessed books. And we want to give a copy to each of you. And so if you're like, is it one per household? It's one per whoever will read it. And if we run out this week, we'll buy some more next week. So if a married couple says, you know what, I want two so we can be reading it at the same time, then take two. If you need to take one for a friend, just like the story of that lady, I mean, read the book, the marriage was spared. And maybe some of you will read this, and I'll just tell you, we'll resource you, uh, we'll get you the books that, that you want if you want to be able to hand those out. So I'm going to pray over us this morning. And then worship team's going to lead us. If you want prayer, make sure to step out of your seat. God, we thank you so much that you're a generous God. We thank you that you gave your son to die on the cross for us, that we could have life. We thank you for your generosity that's been extended and displayed to us. We thank you for the generosity that's been extended to our entire church and for this beyond blessed season that we've been in. Our hearts are filled with gratitude. We don't take it for granted. Lord, this morning I pray that you would open up the floodgates of heaven and that it wouldn't be a trickle, but it would, uh, it would be wide open and that you would pour out your blessings on us so that we can be a blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us. We hope that this message was inspiring and encouraging. For more information about this message or about all things Crosspoint, check out our Facebook and head to our website at www.crosspointwaverly.com.